I'm Donna. And I'm Carrie. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Sinister Sightings 175. Whoop, whoop. We are so close to 200. Yes. And as you can probably tell, we're still doing remote recording because this girl don't want no scrub or COVID. Well, here's the thing. We're so close to leaving for Dallas. So we just want to make sure that we are super safe and healthy when we see y'all. Yes. Oh, when you listen to this, this will be your last chance to like come to the meetup, everything. Because the next day we'll be going to Dallas. Yep. We're going to be not hopping on a jet plane. <laughs> We're going to be hopping in Colby's truck and uh, I'm probably going to be driving. Are you? <laughs> No, he wants me to drive. You know how he is. Don't tell him I said this, even though he listens. Um, But you know how he is. Like, he'll drive until we get right up to Dallas, and then he's going to want to (laughs) switch. It just works out better if you just let me drive in the city. Look, I'm bringing headphones, because I'll tell you what. Yes, I am. I'm bringing headphones. I didn't say I'm going to listen to it all the time, but here's something to know about Colby and Carrie. They both will use their own GPS, and they will say... (laughs) Well, mine says take this street. No, mine says take this street. Mine says we're going to get here at 12.05. Mine says 12.03. So we should go with mine. Well, then yours did it. I just use one. One. Who's driving? That person. You use their GPS. But every See, every I time ha- I have been with y'all, y'all have done that. Really? Yes. Also, though, I have to have the GPS. Like, I have to have it in my hand. Like, you can't to be like, okay, they said take this road up here. No, I have to look at it to know exactly how close <laughs> I am to that road. That is hilarious. Well, stay tuned. We'll let you know how the saga goes because it's like a 10-hour drive. And it's going to be me, Donna, Tiffany, and Colby. Yep. I'm bringing me my sloth blanket, a pillow because his back, like his seats reclined back and i like mine be straight up and down i think you can move it you said that before and i couldn't oh okay well anyway <laughs> on to the first one this is how the drive's gonna be y'all because <laughs> it's just a glimpse into the next 10 hours of our <laughs> lives in the truck all right the first one sinister sightings maybe or in my head hey carrie and donna oh my name was first okay <laughs> my name is Chelsea and I live in Mississippi right outside of Memphis. I just recently got hooked on your podcast. So I'm only on episode 19, but I love you guys. You're hilarious and you always make my long days at work so much better. But anyways, I'll get on with my story. So I don't know if I'm just paranoid or if there are actually strange things happening. So I'll let you decide. I moved in with my boyfriend, Spencer, love of my life, the one, finally, a little over a year ago. His single-story, 1,400-square-foot house was built around the year 2000 and is located on about two acres in a rural area in the country. I don't know anything about the history of it except for the previous owners have horrible taste in paint. (laughs) So I'm just going to tell many stories, which all add up to the strangest experience. I get home from work before him, so it's just me, my little weenie-slash-beagle rescue dog, Polo, and his dog, 165-pound Great Dane horse, moose dog scooby chilling waiting for dada to get home so as the days pass i'm just home with my pups killing time until my hunk of a babe gets home and i start to notice little spooky sounds here and there like creaks in the floor faint knocks on doors bathroom water pipe noises etc but i think to myself meh this house is older don't be a pussy and continue on with my life Scooby will often stare at the ceiling corners or demand to be let into the back spare bedroom as if something's in there. The other day, I was sitting in the dining room drinking some vodka cocktail, working a puzzle, listening to your podcast, when I hear a loud thud on the side of the porch. I was like, oh yay, it must be one of my package deliveries, because Amazon. The dogs start going nuts because they were thinking the same thing. But to all of our dismay, there was no package. No Amazon delivery driver, nothing. So one day, Spencer informs me that he'll be going out of town on a fishing trip for the weekend. And being the chill, calm, cool-ass girlfriend I am, I'm like, oh, fun. Have so much fun, babe. While thinking to myself, like, all the little creepy-ass things that have been building up my anxiety don't mean shit. I'm a badass bitch. Ain't nothing gonna scare me. So he leaves, and the first night I spent alone in the house, these motherfucking dogs aggressively start barking in the middle of the night, which basically throws me into basic white girl home alone panic. My paranoid true 
true crime investigation discovery obsessed self jolted out of a dead sleep, genuinely believing someone is trying to break in because the back sliding door is broken because Scooby's donkey horse ass front (laughs) paws slammed it and it won't lock. So I was thinking there might be a very real possibility that I might die. Grabbed my handgun and sheepishly checked the house, but no one was there. So I turned every light on the house, shut every blind and curtain and eventually went back to sleep. So one night I was tossing and turning and opened my eyes to roll into a more comfortable position. As I rolled, I saw a dark figure beside the bed. In my half-asleep state, I reached out to pet the figure because I naturally assumed it was Scooby, as he does this often. When my hand didn't make contact with the furry giant-lipped face like I expected, I immediately sat up to see where Scooby was. To my horror, he was sound asleep on the other side of Spencer. I was like, what the fuck? I was so creeped out, but figured I was just groggy and maybe seeing things. The next day, I was telling Spencer the story, and he looks at me with wide eyes and says, Well, I didn't say anything to you because I didn't want to freak you out, but I've been seeing dark smoke-like figures in the middle of the night also. He's seen them many different nights in the doorways of the bathroom and the closet, at the foot of the bed, even out on the back porch during the evening through the glass doors. I was like, what the fuck? The next night, we're laying in bed, about to fall asleep, and I kid you not, we hear fucking footsteps in the small-ass, unfinished attic above our bedroom. I'm like, did you hear that? He's like, yeah, it's just the guy living in the attic, trying to be funny, but I was not amused. So now, any steps or footsteps we hear in the attic, I attribute to the guy in the attic. A couple of nights later, it was the middle of the night, and I feel him get up out of bed quickly and walk out of the room. So I was wide awake now because that's weird. He doesn't ever do that. Minutes pass and I hear him thoroughly patrolling the entire house, turning lights on and off as he goes, checking to make sure doors are locked. He came back with a perplexed look on his face to report that he thought someone was in the house. So he went to check things out. I was like, what? But there was no one to be found. Nothing to explain the loud thud of the door being shut that woke him up. Both spooked and exhausted, we snuggled up and fell back asleep. So to wrap this story up, around 3 or 4 in the morning, Spencer had disrupted my sleep to get up and take a pee. I noticed he was more awake than his normal groggy self and asked him if he was okay. He replied, I woke up a minute ago and I was opening my eyes and I swear I saw the silhouette of a small person with a top hat poking its head into the bathroom doorway. And when I realized what I was seeing, the figure disappeared back into the hallway. I was like, what? Like a leprechaun? (laughs) He was like, he was like, yeah, like a leprechaun. So later that day, we're both at work when I realized something crazy and instantly got full body chills. I called him and exclaimed, it's fucking St. Patrick's Day, and that was a fucking leprechaun. Oh my god, what the fuck? Coincidence or not? It's crazy, and I'm scared. The end. Update. Spencer made a career change and is now on the second shift. So to my delight, I am now home alone until the early morning hours. Yay, me. <gasps> no! What the hell? I don't know anything about, like, St. Patrick's Day or, like, you know, I don't know anything about that. Uh-uh. Well, I was just thinking hat man, not... A leprechaun, but yeah, I don't know anything about that either. All I do know is that y'all better check and make sure no man is living up in your attic. For real. Oh, that is so scary. To be honest, when I moved in this house, um, I never went into the attic, so there legit could have been somebody <laughs> living in there until like I got new insulation installed and then Colby moved in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, the next one. Double the spook spook. Hello, my beautiful creepsters. My name is Corey, and you can absolutely use my name. Now, I must start this by saying I have been listening to you two for almost a year now, and you make my drive to work, from work, and sitting at my desk at work so much better. I catch myself laughing so hard sometimes and just feel like I'm chatting with my girlfriends. Heart you, Mina, I love getting to hear about murder and the paranormal all in one show. My two favorite things. Now on to my story. Well, I've actually got a couple and I figured, meh, you always tell everyone to send in their other stories, so here you go. You're getting double the spooky, which I feel is very fitting as spooky season is sadly coming to an end. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> it's just getting started. <laughs> <laughs> you sounded like the TikTok. Eh, eh, eh. That was the point, my dear. Oh, 
Well, you succeeded. (laughs) (laughs) Story number one. So for a little context, my father passed away when I was in high school when I was 16 from a drunk driving accident. And if that wasn't already a situation that no daddy's girl should ever have to endure, I had seen him and been with him that night about three hours before it happened. So you can say your girl has been living with a lot of regrets, guilt, and blame since that night. My parents were divorced at the time, but were actually working on a reconciliation, and my dad had just told me that night he was moving back home. He was just out for one last guy's night. So after he passed, my mother had some of his things in her bedroom. She used to tell me how he would come to her in her dreams and just talk to her. It used to make me so jealous. One night, she said he was so persistent about getting his golf bag He was a little bit obsessed with his golfing, and she kept telling him, Tom, your bag is in my room. It's safe. It's not going anywhere. Well, that morning, she decided to just dig through the bag and see what Dad was being so persistent about. In the bottom of one of the little bags, she found a card with her name on it and a diamond ring that my dad had planned on giving her once he moved back in. She said that after that night, he didn't seem to appear in her dreams as much unless something was wrong. Now, let's flash forward about three or four years. I was at the time married to my son's father, who was my high school sweetheart. My family loved him, and he truly is a great guy, but I was coming to the realization that we were just wanting different things in life. As we all know, people change after high school. I had decided that night I was going to tell him I wanted a divorce. My mother called me in the middle of the night and immediately said to me, What's wrong, Corey? I replied, nothing, why? As I wasn't ready to tell her I was going to be leaving someone she absolutely adored. She then told me, your dad hasn't come to me in years, and he just did tonight to tell me that I needed to call you and ask if you were okay. He said that I needed to call you as you were not okay. You were struggling, and he wants me to make sure everything is okay. That sent chills up my spine. Now, let's flash forward again about 10 years, give or take. I was married to an absolute garbage trash can of a human being. One night, he was quite intoxicated, and we were coming home from a bar. I was driving, but he just snapped and started hitting everything around me in the car, me in the back of the head, screaming at me, and then he reached over and yanked the wheel to the right. We went right into the ditch, and next thing I know, I feel the car drift between the fence and a mailbox and right back up to the road as if nothing had ever happened. Let's be honest, I'm not that great of a driver. Please don't tell my husband I actually admitted to that. But I know deep down my dad saved me that night. He saved me from almost dying in the same way he had all those years before. Moral of the story, even in death, a dad always protects his little girl. Story number two. Back when I was married to said garbage trash can of a human being, we were staying at my mom's. She lived out in the country and next to a small Jewish cemetery. She was out of town that weekend. We were laying in bed trying to get to sleep and we hear what sounds like my brother coming in the house through the mudroom making all sorts of noise. I think to myself, Dang, Mitchell, can you at least be quiet when you come in? As I'm starting to get annoyed, I realize, no, he's away at college this weekend and wasn't going to be coming home. My ex and I instantly sit up in bed and I can whole ass hear the sounds of boots walking down the hallway. We had the hallway light on at that time. My bedroom was at the end of the hall and the door never closed all the way. I think it was due to the house settling, so it was cracked a little. As I'm sitting up in bed, listening to this, staring at my door, paralyzed in fear, I see the shadow of someone standing in front of my door. I don't think I could even process what I was seeing. Just then, the door slowly starts to open. 
And yes, insert that cliche, creepy, creaking noise because it absolutely did that. As the door is opening, it's as if whoever was on the other side of that door realized we were in there and immediately closed it. And you could see the boots turn to go back down the hallway. My ex sprinted out of that bed, flew the door open to see who was there. The hallway was empty, not a soul in sight. He even ran outside around the perimeter of the house to see if there were any footprints. Nothing. It was winter in the Midwest. We had a lot of snow. My mom's house was crazy haunted. There were so many times where I found my son talking to someone that was not there. Times where we could hear doors open or close and no one else was home. Another time I had to stop by the house to pick something up and a friend was in the car. When I came out, she was white as could be and I asked her if everything was okay and she said, I just saw someone walk behind your car and I thought it was you. Then I look up and see you walking out the door. But that's just some of the crazy spooky things I have to tell you. I'm so very sorry this was so long. I hope you enjoy this. And if you actually read it on the pod, I will whole ass scream out loud and do a little dance. Even if I'm sitting at my desk at work. Have a great day, ladies. And creep it real and don't get scared. Corey. Okay, I don't know if y'all know how much Colby fucking loves golf. But there better be a diamond ring in his golf bag for me. <laughs> he would wake you up, though, if he, I'm not putting this out there, but if he D-I-E-D'd, uh, he would haunt Tiffany, <laughs> get it out your fucking head. <laughs> he would haunt you and be like, um, can you just open up my fourth bag that I love over that one? Yes. Just open it up, shake the balls around, make sure they're all there. Okay, and now I need you to turn it clockwise because I really want to see. He loves all of it. He would be like, hey, I left that alcohol out, (laughs) uh, rub it alcohol (laughs) with that terry cloth little whatever that's called towel. Can you just can you just clean my clubs real quick? (laughs) He's going to be like the little the little wire brushes attached to it. Oh, my God. (laughs) He cleans his clubs more than you clean your ring. Yes, because he does it. Every single time he plays. <laughs> Which, I mean, it's good. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, the bag that he loves, I think um, he's had for like solid 15 years. The bag that he recently bought that he loved. And then he was like, it's actually too heavy to carry around. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's like a tour bag. So it's super heavy for all you people who don't give a fuck about golf. That and all, all of his drivers, we got at a secondhand store yeah and he's doing this new thing where he's getting all of these clubs on um this goodwill website maybe i shouldn't tell you all this because then you'll actually go and do it (laughs) lol um but so he's getting all these clubs on this on the goodwill it's like an it's kind of like an ebay for goodwill and he's getting all these clubs and he's like sell them to his friends or turning them into this um that secondhand shop for money and you know like he's getting good shit for pretty cheap well back to you Corey. though uh i wholeheartedly believe that was your dad helping you with that and making sure you and your ex were safe and oh i'm so sorry for your loss it's crazy how like he knew yeah like to, to go to your mom and be like she needs some help right on that part but then also like with the uh car he was right there oh yeah 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 no i knew that's what you were talking yeah. about yeah okay the next one Hi, Don and Carrie. I'm located in Hollister, California. I absolutely love your podcast. I listened to the entire podcast when I started my job in April and just finished about a month ago or so. This was sent in October. Whoa! You flew through those episodes. What, you listen to them on 2.0 like me? (laughs) Just kidding. I'm a 1.5 type of gal. 2.0 sounds like chipmunks. Okay, now on to my paranormal story. I've always been interested in the paranormal world since I was about 13 or 14 years old. I'm more into true paranormal stories and true crime. But my husband of now six months absolutely hates me watching paranormal videos or podcasts because then I will go to him to hold because I got too scared. Anyway, I feel as though I've had some sensitivity to the paranormal world. Well, that was hard to say (laughs) because because I'm open about it. I'm going to talk about two recent events that I've experienced because there are too many to count. The first story was when I was at my in-law's house with my husband, niece, older sister, her fiance, and myself at the kitchen table. Okay, Um, sometimes I flip words and I read at my self-cleaning kitchen table. And I was like, (laughs) 
what is that? I need <laughs> Your table one. Can clean itself. Sell all the golf clubs. <laughs> What in the beauty and the beast? (laughs) (laughs) The word clean isn't even in there, but I added it. I got super excited and was about to look that shit up on Amazon. (laughs) My sister is five months pregnant and gets scared very easily. So we were all sitting at the table talking about what we had planned for the weekend to come. As I was talking, I felt something cold touch me on the left side of my hip. But I kept talking so I don't scare my sister. As soon as my sister leaves the table, I ask my family at that table, did you guys feel that? My husband and my brother-in-law say no, that they didn't feel anything. But once I turn to ask my niece the same question, she looks at me with big eyes and said, yes, Tia, I saw something or someone touch you. My stomach dropped to my ass and said, oh shit. I still don't know what or who it was because it terrified my niece. She's 16 years old. And she will not talk about it. The last story was in the beginning of the pandemic. And I didn't have a job, but was a full-time student. I got thirsty, so I went downstairs. That is not fat people friendly. I go to the kitchen to get something to drink. I was just about to walk out the kitchen. And I'm standing in between the living room and the kitchen to ask my husband if he was thirsty too. Right when I stopped talking, I hear a man's voice whisper in my ear, Get uh-uh. I was like, hell the fuck no. And I run as fast as my little legs can take me up the stairs, crying to my husband, saying someone told me to get out. He goes downstairs to investigate, and as soon as he goes where I was standing, he said it felt really cold and he got goosebumps all over his body, and the hairs on the back of his neck stood up immediately. Ever since that night, I never went downstairs by myself. We recently moved into our first home, loving the married life, but I have plenty more paranormal stories from my childhood home and in my in-law's house and a true crime story that happened five houses from my grandma's house. I hope my email wasn't too long. Love your podcast and you make my work days suck less. I will send in another email about my other stories. Creep it real. Love, Victoria. Okay, let me just tell you, I thought when you said going downstairs because you were thirsty I was like "Ooh, who was downstairs because I relate uh-huh, everything I knew you were gonna to go to that. guys legit knew that's where you were headed <laughs> oh gosh nope if I heard a man whisper get out yep I would uh bye-bye going back up to my room well the hard part is like how do you not get attacked by the freaking whatever that's saying get out but also like stand in your ground to be like no this is my house motherfucker right i don't know you tell me let us know i don't know (laughs) you know i don't know (laughs) all right the next one puppies puppies and more puppies hey everyone i want to share a maybe lighthearted story with you all english is not my first language so i apologize in advance if there are any mistakes when i was little i used to have two dogs There was a little white fluffy one. They had babies at some point, and from that litter, only one was a girl. I loved her from the moment I saw her, so I asked my parents if I could keep her, and they agreed after a few weeks of me begging and crying. Growing up, she was my best friend. She was always by my side. Her name was Jane. Jane and I would share everything. She was a total princess, and every time I would paint my nails, she would jump on my bed, lay on her back as if I were going to give her belly rubs, and she would just hand me her paws so I could paint hers too. Aww. We were inseparable. She she was born when I was around 8 years old and died when I was around 20. My mom kicked me out of her house when I was 18 after she divorced my dad. That's a whole story of its own, but anyway... I left with only my college books and a weekend bag that I had packed that same day because I was going to spend the weekend at my dad's apartment. Anyway, after a couple of months of me not living with her and moving into my grandparents' house, my mom called me and she was like, so I'm going to bring Jane so she can stay with you because since you left, she goes outside your bedroom door, lays on the little mat you have outside and starts crying until she falls asleep. Oh, God, that's awful. Yes. Clearly, Jane was depressed and she missed me so much. I was really happy that she was going to come live with me and my grandparents. But at the same time, I wasn't too thrilled because at the end of the day, she was going to move away from her house and it was going to be a big change for Jane as well. 
Anyway, she moved in with me for a whole year before she passed. One weekend, I left to spend it out of town with my then-boyfriend. So a few hours before I was going to head back home, I got a call from my grandma telling me that I needed to hurry because Jane was just laying under the stairs and she didn't want to come out. I hurried, got to my grandparents' house, and I found Jane all curled up underneath the stairs. I started talking to her so I could lure her outside because I couldn't reach her. She came outside, and as soon as I picked her up, I realized that her fur was sticky because she had been throwing up. I know, I know. I was studying to be a veterinarian then, so pretty much all of my professors at universities were vets. So I decided to call one of them, and since it was a Sunday, I couldn't find any of the vet clinics that were open, and I knew that he had his own clinic, and it was open seven days a week. His clinic was 30 minutes driving from my house, so I have no idea how fast I drove, but I got there in 20 He checked her and told me that she was dying. He told me that there was nothing he could do because apparently she was showing clear signs of terminal lung disease. He told me that she needed to be put down because she was clearly suffering as she couldn't breathe properly anymore, but he told me that she still had a few hours or a day left. So he suggested that I take her back home so everyone could say goodbye. So I did, and on the way back home, I called my aunt, my cousin, my mom, and my grandparents, and even my dad, so they could say goodbye to her. Since my parents were already divorced and couldn't stand seeing each other at all, I met my dad on the street, Jane was in my car, and I got him to say goodbye to her there. It was just so hard for him because he was going to say goodbye to a beloved member of our family, And to him, that was really tough because he had lost everything a year prior by divorcing my mom. He said goodbye, and I went back to my grandparents' house where the other side of the family was already waiting for us. I laid her on the couch of one of the living rooms, wrapped in her blanket, got her very comfortable, and everyone went to the living room one by one to say goodbye to her. After that, everyone drove her back with me to the clinic, but I was the one that went inside with Jane. However, at some point, someone from my family went in to be next to me while the vet was putting her down. I don't even remember who it was. I was just there holding her paw, and I saw the life leaving her eyes, and that was it. Jane was gone. I cried like I hadn't cried before. It was the toughest thing that I had had to go through at that age. It was just plain horrible. To this day, I cry when I talk about her or think of that day. Anyway, now to the other part of the story. I got married when I was 23 and life was not treating my then husband and I that well. We hadn't lived together before, and he was living with his mom, so I moved in with them. It was a very unfortunate situation for me because I really, really didn't like my monster-in-law. Anyway, they had this really cute dog named Rocket. Rocket was already old when I met him. I only got to meet him for a couple of years before he passed. One night when I was asleep, I had a dream about Jane. She looked so beautiful and healthy. In my dream, I was getting back to my grandparents' house and I was heading to the backyard. Everything was so bright. The grass was so green and the flowers were blooming. Suddenly, I see Jane and just like in a movie, we both started running towards each other. As soon as we were close, I kneeled down, opened my arms, and Jane just jumped into them. I hugged her, and we were both on the ground rolling, we were playing, I was laughing. She looked so young, so fluffy and white, so happy, and I was happy too. I swear that my heart was so big and full of love in that moment. We were just having the time of our lives, and I can tell you now, I haven't dreamt like that before, and I haven't dreamt like that since. It was the most beautiful thing ever. It was so vivid that I couldn't even feel how soft her fur was. But suddenly everything got dark and I couldn't see Jane anymore. That's when I started waking up and while I was trying to open my eyes and realize what was happening, I realized that I'd been woken up to loud screaming and shouting. It was my monster-in-law screaming bloody murder. Rocket is dead. Rocket is dead. My ex-husband was just waking up as well, and we were kind of out of it. We looked at each other, jumped out of bed, and ran into my mother-in-law's room. That's where Rocket used to sleep every night. We went in, and 
well, Rocket had died in his sleep. He was to my ex-husband what Jane was to me. They also grew up together and shared everything. Me and my husband grew up as only children, so we found company in our dogs. It was one of the hardest things to see my ex-husband go through. I was crying, he was crying, my mother-in-law was crying. It was a mess, but I was crying mainly for two reasons. Because that made me relive all those feelings I had when Jane died, and two, because I was so shocked at the fact that I had an amazing dream with Jane the night that Rocket died. I told my ex-husband about the dream that night, and he doesn't believe in anything paranormal or things that you can't explain. He just believes in coincidences. He's just a skeptic. But he kind of believed me when I said, I think that Jane knew how important Rocket was to you, and she came to get him. I'm sure that Jane came to see Rocky so he wouldn't pass alone. Oh, God. I'm convinced that Jane came to get Rocket's soul so they could cross the bridge together. Right now, I'm crying again because I do believe in these things, and I want to think that she came to give Rocket some guidance through the bridge so he wouldn't be scared and alone. I do believe that's true because, again, I have only dreamed of Jane three times in the past ten years, but that one time was so special, so vivid, and I do feel like she had a purpose. I do believe also that since she came to this plane, she just stopped by my dreams to say hi, wanted to play with me one last time before fulfilling her duty as a guide to Rocket. Anyway, I'm going to stop now because I'm sobbing. I love your podcast, I love your laughter, and I love every single story that you read for us. Thank you, ladies, for reading my story, and I hope you enjoyed. And again, sorry if my English sucks. Stephanie, you can use my name. Your English was perfect, but you're making us cry. Oh my gosh, you love our laughter, but God, I was... (laughs) Now y'all know Donna's not good at blowing her nose, and now she's going to be all snotty. Oh, good. Uh, Look, Marley's older, you know, and so, I don't know, and you said white and fluffy, and then... I know. I was like, oh, uh, Lord. (laughs) She's laying beside me while I record this, and... (laughs) Yeah, Jax can't be beside me because he's literally the loudest dog known to man. (laughs) Loudest dog. Like... Bo was loud when he slept. Because he snored. Yeah. Jax is just fucking loud. Just his existence is loud. (laughs) He breathes loud. He walks loud. He barks loud. He snores. Like, just his existence is loud. Yeah, he thinks loud. Like, I mean. Yes. So, yeah. That was. It was sad, but sweet. And, gosh. And we've all been there. Yeah. And you know what's sad? Not sad, but like, you're talking about Jane being there for Rocket. I just thought about my mom being there for Marley. Oh, God. Donna, why are you trying to make everybody cry? Fuck. I know, but that's like what really got me. Well, it's because earlier I had locked Marley out because she was wallowing around and wouldn't be quiet. And that means she was moving for all y'all, <laughs> not from the holler. <laughs> so, me and Carrie were recording, and I thought I heard my mom's voice saying, Oh, we. And I was like, Wait, I think it's Marley. Well, it and Carrie said, Well, it probably was your mom being like, Oh, we look at you locked out. And then I was like, Oh, God. <laughs> well, thank you, Stephanie, for that heartfelt story. Okay, the next one. Something in the sky plus an ambient story. Oh, that's what we need. Okay, okay. Yes. For these stories, please refer to me as Janice. It's an inside joke. My old lady alter ego. <laughs> hey, ladies. Me again. The more I listen, the more things I remember. So here we go. It'll probably be wordy because I ramble when I talk and when I type. Backstory. When I was younger, I was terrified of UFOs. I don't know what started it, but it was very bad. Like, I hated being outside at nighttime because I was afraid of seeing something. This lasted a while, but it got better as I got older. In high school, my mom would take my friends and I to the drive-in because we lived in a small town, not much else to do. One night we went, and as it got dark, I noticed a really bright star, in air quotes, in the sky. It seemed to be moving slowly to the right throughout the night. And after a while of slowly moving, it darted through the sky and disappeared. Nobody said a thing, so I never mentioned it, but it was weird. 
I have no idea what it was, but I think about it from time to time. Just for Donna, an Ambien story. In middle school, I had a friend whose mom took Ambien, and he told us a couple of funny stories, and I thought I'd share my favorite one. One night, while she thought she was asleep, she drove to Walmart, which she only knew because she found a receipt for milk in her purse. When she got home, she took the cars out of the garage and parked them along the road. They lived in a cul-de-sac. My friend woke up and found her asleep on the garage floor with all the keys in her hand. The security (laughs) cameras showed her parking cars, drinking the milk, throwing it away in the neighbor's trash can, then going to the garage. I don't remember the other ones, but this one always made me laugh. Best Janice. Oh, my God. She was the nighttime ballet. Drinking her milk, too. She was like, I gotta have good strong bones from when I fucking wrecked the car. (laughs) I don't know why, but I don't see it as being like a um like a one single serving milk i'd see it as being like the pint a, or a quart a gallon no not the gallon the quart is that it i don't the know smaller one okay but like the one that's like skinnier but it's like two gallons it's like it's like a, a fody of milk <laughs> yeah. like i just pictured her being like Rah! like just Holding that up. Oh, God. She's like, sipping on milk and milk. Laid back. <laughs> I just picture her, like, milk mustache, like, wiping it off. Let me park this other car. Like, milk still uh, underneath hard her at arm. work. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. That's amazing. And, like, drove to Walmart. Walmart. And, like, talked to people. <laughs> Oh, I mean, God. You know, that's someone dangerous. was like, that person was a little off, right? Like, something was off with that. <laughs> it makes you think, like, how many ambient people have you interacted with <laughs> right? and not known it? <laughs> <laughs> like, you think they're on drugs and they're not. They're, like, legit just on ambient. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. Susan's gonna kill me, but my sister, <laughs> she came up and we like had lunch. She came up to see my nanny, and we had lunch. And Tiffany was there because it's all where Tiffany lives. And so, um, <laughs> we were talking about it. And she said, "I can't believe you haven't told any of my stories on the podcast." But I was cracking up because. I feel like you have. I might have told a few, but like, seriously, hilarious. And I mean, because she would call and tell us some of them, you know, but some I saw. It was like, whoa. But there is one time that it was me and my mama and we were talking and she told us, like, Susan told us, hey, I'm taking my medicine. So like, I'll see y'all tomorrow. Well, me, that was like a 10 minute Pause, you know, and I was like, oh, mama, hold on. I got to get Susan because she got to hear this or something. You know, I was like, oh, I don't know. It was gossip of some sort, you know, I go back in there, get Susan. And she's like, all right, I I just took my medicine, though, but okay. And so because I'm like, you got to come in here. So she (laughs) she comes in and in my old house, like my parents house, you had to go through the kitchen to get to the living room. Well, while she was getting to the living room, she had picked up like the single serving of uh, Lay's potato chips, like that little bag, like a school bag of it. Yeah. And uh, she was sitting beside me talking like we were all just talking and she was eating those chips and all of a sudden she fucking powered down like (laughs) real life and (laughs) she just like leaned on me but like her whole body just went like slumped over like on me her hand was still in the bag <laughs> like like you can see how I'm doing Carrie but like that like she was yeah, getting the like chips. a duck case yes in that little bag okay and I was like hey wake up wake up hey there was no waking her up like no. she was dead weight gone so I like shimmied the bag off her hand and I was like what do I do mama like because my mama couldn't help me get her back to bed and I have no upper body strength whatsoever and I was like uh and mama said just leave her on the couch just you know but again she slumped over toward me and so to get her on the couch like I needed to like 
push her back a little bit and then like pick her legs up, you know, all the things. Um, that didn't happen. So she was just kind of on the couch. I did give her a, I did give her a cover, but she said she woke up and like her arms hanging off the couch, her leg, one leg's hanging off the couch. Like she is barely on like one butt cheek is on this couch. And she's like, what in the fuck happened? <laughs> yeah. She was like, well, now, you know, when I say I take my medicine, I am taking my medicine. Do not ask like you ain't ever got to worry about me waking you up after you take your medicine. Because yes. No, like that girl powered down, <laughs> powered down. But she do love to eat when she on Ambien. Everybody does. Uh, she doesn't take it anymore, though. So I don't have any other good stories. Besides one time we were on a cruise. Why I say she she loves to eat. I mean, obviously, I just told you that she was eating those lays. But uh, we were on a cruise and we had both went to sleep. She went to sleep before me. Okay. I woke up at like fucking 4 a.m. from her flipping on the fucking light and being like, hey, hey. And she'll say, girl, hey, girl, you know, like that. She said, I just went to the gift shop and I I got us some stuff. Here's you a <laughs> Snickers bar. Like she, I was like, you know, $4 for a fucking Snickers bar on the cruise gift shop but she had gotten her like um a velour jumpsuit kind of thing like with a rhinestone on it she was like oh yeah did it like going on at the gift shop yeah you know that was like a hundred dollars i think an umbrella she got i can't remember what else but like she had her little bag of some goodies like more than just a snickers bar and i was like okay and you know i'm a fatty so i ate that snickers bar before going back to sleep but did you really (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah, i did i'm up now like okay and and i was watching her fashion show like she had to show them to me because it was more things and so when i woke up the next day she said i've already went back to the gift shop and returned that like velour suit because she was like, I would never wear that. <laughs> like, I don't, oh, God. <laughs> and all I could just see is her, when she's, like, sleepwalking, like, she walks a little differently than her yes. normal walk. And so I could just see her walking around, like, <laughs> getting that gift shop. But just, like, picking up. Donna would love this Snickers. I'm going to get it for her. But I have also- to wake her up right when I get up. Also, you were a trooper just, like, sitting up and eating the Snickers with her. (laughs) But, wait, doesn't the cruise have, like, 24-hour food? Yes. Like, why didn't she just get a plate? Well, because she didn't think about that. I'm sure she probably dreamt something about a damn, like, I want a velour suit. She's probably, like, my cousin Vinny. (laughs) It was probably when J-Lo was big. And, you know, she Mm -hmm. loved those things. But, anyway, God, those those stories just crack me up. Uh, okay, the next one. Hey again, y'all. This is my third time writing in, and I'm very excited to share this paranormal story with everyone. So here we go. So I live in a small town in Alabama. My aunt lives in Athens, Alabama, which is about a 30-minute drive from Huntsville, Alabama, which is where the story takes place. Let's first talk about Huntsville's historic Maple Hill Cemetery. This cemetery is a resting place for many people, mostly children, who died during the 1918 Spanish flu pandemic. Now, adjoining this cemetery is a playground. Innocent, right? Wrong. This playground has earned the name Dead Children's Playground. It is said that the spirits of those children come out to play after dark, as they might have in life. There are reports of swings moving on their own, as well as orbs and figures. Now, I tell you all of this because I do have a story. Well, my aunt does, but she's not the one writing in. Now is she? Anyway, like I said, my aunt lives about 30 minutes from Huntsville. So her and two of our cousins decided to visit the dead children's playground at night. She experiences swings moving on their own, but also some other things. You know that pebble gravel that's in a lot of playgrounds? That's what this playground had. And if you're familiar with this type of gravel, it's very loud when you walk on it. It has a very distinct sound. Well, my aunt and cousins described hearing people or kids running around. Note that they were the only ones there and they were definitely not running around. 
They also said that they could hear children laughing. And like I said, the swings moving on their own. So that's the story of the Dead Children's Playground in Huntsville, Alabama. I hope y'all enjoyed it. Thanks for listening. B. Why would they put a playground right next to a kid's cemetery? Why would you not remember, Carrie, that I did that story? <laughs> in my defense, we're like almost 300 episodes in. <laughs> true <laughs> when she said maple hill cemetery i was like oh ee, i know that one yeah um i don't even remember what stories i've done i have to refer to karen's <laughs> uh episode guide in the facebook group i have so, to do that too um yeah don't quote me on what episodes we have or have not covered <laughs> yeah so uh not i mean just a natural little plug into the facebook group but if you're in there and you're like hey have they covered this story uh our friend karen she made a episode guide that's like it's like a pinned um file where you can go and she puts every damn episode and what we covered like such good detail she's amazing yeah it has saved me a couple of times because i'll go to do an episode i'm like nope did that already (laughs) yeah Uh, or if we named the same episode like the same thing like (laughs) yeah oops look family ties is something that we want to say all the time (laughs) Every time we're like, family ties? No, we used that before. <laughs> like, why is that such a good episode title for us? <laughs> well, because you always do these, like, families that have, like, generational shit going on. True. I mean, you too. All these haunted houses. True. Okay, this one is called Haunted Dorm Room Part 3. Hey, ladies, this is my third and last installment of my haunted college dorm room. Today, I'm going to tell you about when my sweet mate and I had finally had enough and decided to call in a paranormal team for confirmation that we actually weren't just losing our freaking minds. Picture it. 3 a.m. laying in bed since we had stopped sleeping alone at this point. Finally, looking at my sweet mate, Kay, and saying, we have to call someone. We can't keep doing this. So we googled paranormal groups around us and finally settled on Kansas City Paranormal. A week later, they came in for a night investigation. We started in the middle where my sweet mates were. Nothing much for EVPs or experiences. When they went a door down and began getting cold spots. This was the room we originally felt cold spots and had gotten our first EVP. Then they moved down to the last room where one of the girls lived alone that also claimed to be sensitive. She would message me at different hours of the night saying she was seeing orbs and shadow figures. This is where we began actually getting proof we were not crazy. Voices began coming through and orbs appeared. They began using a spirit box where we got get out and leave. They also got an EVP that said he's gay. This was only caught on recorder and believe it or not was more relevant than we thought out of the three investigators that came two were a couple and that the other man who was in fact gay which i totally support but it's just so weird to me that is what the spirits needed to say they also talked about having their spirit protectors come through and that one of the investigators had a spirit that followed her and would protect her on her investigations Last, we moved to my room, which was the start of the four rooms that had the activity. Like I said before, have two sensitive and one hall apparently made a paranormal sandwich. My room, as stated before, tended to get the most activity. They began with a spirit box. Never in my life have I fear farted as severely as when that damn thing went off. It was a male calling himself Stephen. We had always known that there was at least one male present, but never knew his name. He said hello and announced his name when we asked. We also began getting a woman's voice, which made me fear sharp when I finally got confirmation that damn bitch was still here that was disturbing my sleep. Carrie, you understand, girl. I'm already a broke-ass, stressed college kid. Don't fuck with my sleep. So the spirits began cussing at the investigators and telling them again to get out and leave, like they were disturbing our home and needed to get the fuck out. They also had flashlight placed on my floor and had them turn it off and on on command. After they left, we had more than enough proof to satisfy us. People down our hall later on social media made fun of us for investigating ghosts until someone commented who had lived on the opposite side of the ground floor and stated that they had a male spirit in their room named Steven. Tally for us, douche canoes. Moral of the story, we moved out at the end of the year. 
I was the last to leave for break. Was I scared shitless to stay on that floor alone? You damn skippy. Did I waddle my extra large pizza out of there as quick as I could the next day and never look back? Hell yeah. Sorry for the long email. Thankfully, no spirits followed us after leaving there. But that is not the last of my spirit encounters. But that's for another day. Creep it real and don't get scared. Rebecca H. Now, I remember one of those storm stories she had and like that... One of her roommates, no, this might not be the same person, but one of her roommates was kind of evil or something and like had a doppelganger one time. Do you remember that? Where she like got up yes. like, in the center, like she saw like her doppelganger roommate or whatever, like just kind of like looking over one of the other roommates. Yes. So I was just thinking about that. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Mm-mm. I don't want any part of that, especially the fucking with my sleep. Right. You know, I see you, girl, because but, I, too, am a broke ass, not in college anymore, but still just as tired. <laughs> so, Also about the gay comment, it might be an older spirit. And, you know, that's that was so like, he's gay, you know, like so yes. taboo. And so like they had to point it out like, <laughs> like, like. Person, like get your, with the program. Like your grandma still says, pregnant. Literally. She was pregnant. Yes. It's okay. like, okay. <laughs> I don't know why that is so bad, but okay. Well, we want to hear okay. all your stories. All right, y'all. The last one, Christmas Creeps. Hey, ladies, my name is Jesse Ray, or Jesse, whatever's easier for you to say. I live in New Mexico, yes, where Breaking Bad was filmed, but I've got a few stories my cousin experienced. I haven't experienced too much myself, but here's my cousin's story from Christmas Eve. I'm going to keep his name out just in case he somehow comes across this. Christmas Eve is the worst day to do last-minute shopping, right? Apparently, my cousin never got that memo. Well, his apartment was set up nice for Christmas and ready for the holiday when he left to the store. When he came home, the apartment was trashed, like someone had tried to rob the apartment. But they noticed that the couch was moved, and a very cold spot was noticed behind the couch, as well as a star that was on top of the tree was now cemented into the wall as if it was supposed to be there when the wall was built. It was sticking halfway out of the wall. All of the ornaments were smashed and the existing presents were destroyed. This was not the only experience that happened in that apartment, according to him. If he feels like telling me about it, I'll send it in. Thanks for reading Creep It Real and Don't Get Scared. As I hear small knocks around me at work while I'm alone, I'll send in a story about that sometime too. Well, what in the Grinch is going on here? I mean, who doesn't like a Christmas decoration? Right? Carrie, I mean, do your Grinch. Like, they legit were like, that's it. I'm not going. <laughs> for sure. Like, what the hell? Also, that would, like, break my heart because, one, decorating is fun, like, when the decorations are all up, but the process of decorating makes me want to claw my eyes out. Right, and not to mention the fact, didn't you say it was an apartment, and I'm like, great, I'm going to have to fucking pay for that shit to get fixed where you just stabbed the goddamn uh, star in the wall. Thank you. Yeah, it's like a fucking ninja star. Like, what the fuck? Like, thanks for that. Drywall's not cheap. Coming out of my deposit. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that is wild. Well, y'all, I say it every time. Keep these stories coming. We love them so, so much. Thank y'all so much for listening and supporting us. Don't forget to like, subscribe, review, all the things. And remember, creep it real and and don't don't get get scared. scared.